Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about getting to know your kids based on what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Hi, how are you? Welcome. Hello, everybody. It's Just Dads Reading Books, and I'm here with my friend EJ. Hello, and I'm here with my friend Matt. A nice, pleasant little start for the for the episode this week, because uh, uh, I'm sure at some point in this episode, we'll be screaming a lot in excitement, yeah. because we got to read another Avatar graphic novel, and it's just the place EJ and I like to be. It's just this the thing home. that we like. <laughs> this is our home now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, this is a, uh, you could call this a follow-up. Uh, you can look in the feed three weeks ago. That's how, this is going to be, the, I'm going to just stop saying it because there's always going to be something three weeks ago that we're referencing now in this, like, mm-hmm. in this kind of current moment. Uh, but yeah, three weeks ago we did The Promise, uh, from the Avatar The Last Airbender series. It's the first really post, uh, TV show graphic novel that's events taking place mm-hmm. after. Um, it was astounding. Uh, and, uh, the, the theme of that episode was that we weren't sure going in what, you know, what the quality of these things was going to be. And turns out they're as good, if not better than, uh, the whole show. So, uh, that one was amazing. And it left on a huge cliffhanger, which was that Zuko, the fire Lord, uh, the, the prince from the series was going to go on a quest to find his mother to get some questions answered. Zuko's post, uh, TV show kind of arc has been one of trying to rectify what to do about his family and how to feel about his family and how to feel about being the fire lord when that meant really bad things even just a few months ago or a few years ago uh and this one puts that at the center stage this is all about zuko yeah this one is uh I, I don't know. The, uh, what are we? What are we diving right in? Sure. Should we? <laughs> what, what else would you? Would you like more setup? <laughs> I just. <laughs> I just don't know what to. I just don't know how to. How to start. Uh, how I to know. approach yeah. talking about what we're about to talk about. Yeah. I think that's the. I think this is the hardest one to talk about because I think this is the one you have to go read. Yeah. Versus, I think you were saying before we started recording, you said you said that you liked the promise better a little bit, and that's because you just kind of like the you like kind of the world that the Avatar. Yeah, is I like in, the right? geopolitical like, stuff. Right. I like the world yeah. building, and this one tells an incredible story, like but it's Scott. not very focused on mm-hmm. the world building. It's very focused on the characters. <laughs> very, yeah, very, yeah. very focused on the characters. Well, it's kind of funny because these are like the two things that the Avatar universe is kind of known for. Yeah. It's known. For for really interesting geopolitical episodes of yeah. the show. Right. This is true in both Korra and in The Last Airbender. Yeah. And it's also known for some really awesome microscopic episodes. Like Zuko alone is is yeah. often referenced as like this really interesting character episode where Zuko is basically off on his own trying to like make it on his own. He's like a, it's like a Western plot yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And he ends up like with this family anyways that, you know, that's just one example. Uh, I mean, uh, tales you, from bossing. You, you can make the argument. Example. You can make the argument. And I think these mm-hmm. graphic novels reinforce it, that Zuko is the main character of this series. Oh, it's called avatar. The last airbender. 
But Aang is never the character that goes through the most change. It is always Zuko always that Zuko. has a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, Z- Zuko Zuko is not the protagonist, but he is the main character. Right. If that yeah. makes He's sense. He's the hero. He's the real hero right. of the series. Right. Yeah, yeah. You want you want you've always wanted what's best for Zuko. Mm-hmm. Basically post like halfway through season one. Yeah. Like once you learn Zuko's origin story. Right. And there's like a really interesting season one episode uh called um The Storm, uh, where it's about Aang's origin and Zuko's yeah. origin at the same time. And right. that's what's so interesting about this show. It's always been about Zuko and Aang. Yeah. It's always been about them. And that sh- episode sets up the fact that it's always going to be about Zuko and yeah. Aang and right. their and and their kind of parallel, perpendicular, zigzagging yeah, paths definitely. that they take with each other throughout the show. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting point that you make that the Zuko's one of the main characters, but I, I think it's it's pretty equal, but here in the books, it's like, man, Zuko really is yeah. kind of the main character. <laughs> we, well, because and it feels too like maybe, you know, the the writers of all of this just feel like there's so much more, especially now, to explore with Zuko. I mean, Ava Aang's story really i mean was mostly about how to stop the war there you could establish some new things to do with ang but as of right now he's he's the avatar doing avatar stuff i'd love to see series about like his later life and i you know we're supposed to get some of that uh kind of stuff so it's clearly maybe a direction they want to go in is is actually getting some more ang exploration to Mm -hmm. you know once you start Korra, you see all the things Aang did with his life, and it's like I want I want to know so much more about how that stuff, you know, came to be, especially the founding of you know the the big city and all of that. But uh. this one, yeah, uh, this one is about Zuko and Azula, his sister, finding yeah. their mom. And yeah, we can we can try to be as spoiler free as possible because this one's absolutely mm. like worth experiencing. But maybe we can tell people kind of what kind of book it is and what it's you know top of the line about um so i mean like we said the the last one even feeds into this but um there's there's just like a lack of closure um and the the disappearance of azula and zuko's mom is like this Mm -hmm. big question mark and especially like Zuko's trying to learn how to reign and all he has as an example is his horrible father and his like maniacal evil sister. And so he's like desperately trying to pull from something else to teach him how to be a leader and to teach him how to do whatever he needs to do. In the first book, he's like having meetings with his dad and, and trying to learn from him while also recognizing that this is the worst person to possibly learn from. So his journey is to find his mom to get some answers and hopefully have someone else to, to provide him with information. Azula is on a different <laughs> mission. Azula is on a spirit quest is what I would call it. Azula. So Azula comes in, comes in hot in yeah. this book, by the way. Man. And Azula is like, I mean, you haven't seen her crazier than this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's, she's been just locked like, in a room for like mm-hmm. a year and, and we're really, we're really losing Azula and yeah, she's, she's starting to make stuff devolving. up. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she starts to have hallucinations. Um, she's, she's, you know, borderline schizophrenic at yeah. this point where right. she is hallucinating her mother saying things to her mm-hmm. a lot throughout this book. A lot of it is like in reflections. Yeah. And I really love the way they do that as if it's like a way of saying like, 
you know, you have a lot of your mother in you. Yeah. Is kind of the right. It's kind of like the point. Well, because Azula made, has always right? been her father's daughter, right? right. There's, exactly. there's, a, there's. She very much wants to be the Fire Lord. She wants mm-hmm. to be her father's daughter, and so she's coming at this like, I need to know more about my mother because and she can't help but see her mother in herself. Exactly, is the and, way and I she, look at it, which is so good. <laughs> and and honestly, too, it there's a there's a big chunk of this book that's just like. You see, I mean, she's going through some like Smeagol energy, Smeagol Gollum oh, energy yeah. stuff where she's just oh, like, yeah. she'll snap in and out she's of it. And um, <laughs> the the team, the squad, the Avatar uh, coalition, as it were, um, kind of have to constantly deal with her because Zuko essentially makes an arrangement with her that she can come with him to find their mother. This is a thing uh, to do. And one of the things that this this book is about is about not just family, but the relationship between between brother and sister there are multiple allusions to other characters and their relationship and it's a lot of zuko seeing other brothers and sisters and how they treat each other and him desperately craving he could have the same with his sister and he's trying to he's doing everything he can to give azula space to be good and she's just incapable (laughs) and he just wants he wants a genuine relationship with her yeah she makes it impossible right and she's always made it impossible for for zuko to be happy right like to to be happy with their relationship and there you can see glimpses mm-hmm. of Azula wanting to change. Yeah. Um that's kind of the theme of this book is like can Azula save herself from mm-hmm. from this 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 really destructive path yeah. that she's leading herself down, right? right? And so it's it's pretty I mean it gets intense. There's yeah. like part 3 of this of this three book set here gets to the point where I mean there's a there's a breaking point for sure for Azula yeah. and and she has to make decisions essentially to to uh you know show some restraint. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting too that they take Toph out of the picture in this one cuz yeah. as we know Toph is the well and I think the reason is is because Toph is the ultimate Azula counter. Right. I mean right. Toph owns Azula yeah. like every single fight in the series where it's Toph and Azula every single like encounter they have i don't think there's a single one where toff gets bested by right, azula right unless azula has her little minions uh you know <laughs> may entirely around her yeah so uh yeah just just like just owns just owns her right. so i think they had to be like uh we got to write her out like at yeah. least for for this and honestly episode. it would have been strange to have her in it because she's got her own very distinct separate family issues it's true and it's it's time to just focus on zuko's thing so i think it's also just like careful consideration by the writers of just yes. like she i, would have been I, I could even see drafts i could see bit. drafts where it's yeah. like they had Toph, and they're like well we gotta if Toph's here we gotta talk about her family stuff right. and it was like we don't have the space we can't we can't get no. into that that's just not another story page, yeah whatever <laughs> they do right like, there's yeah, just not, not enough time happen. um yeah. the other thing i like about this uh this set is it's definitely got more spirit world stuff in it, which mm. I think originally was not something that usually like hit with me in the Avatar universe, really? but it's really been growing on me, in, in uh, especially since like Yang reading the Yang Chen books, and I don't know, like like all of that stuff is I I, yeah, I don't Yang normally books, like the yeah. mysticism, mm. but it's feeling more a part of the whole ecosystem uh, in. It's Avatar. interesting that you say that because yeah. like. Think of season, I think it's season two of Korra. It's all about that. 
that's like the it whole is. thing, right? Yeah, and that's why it's kind of right. one of my least favorite seasons. It's at least one of your least favorites, but yeah. But but what's so cool about even season two is like there's a lot of exploration that like Tenzin's kids have yes, with right. the with the you know his oldest daughter I can't remember her name off mm-hmm. the top of my head but she has like a really interesting yeah. experience with like connecting with the spirit world and things like that like right, right I think that I think that the spirit world is just like such I mean obviously it's so ingrained yeah. in this world right it's that third thing it's that. I like it a lot as somebody who's not religious. Right. And sure. I've talked about this on the show before. Mm-hmm. I'm not very religious. I, I prefer not to partic- participate in any of that, but I love the idea of like these, these harmonic creatures yeah. who aren't good or right. bad. Yeah. They just are. And this right? one is like very much, this is very much one of those. Yeah. This is, this is right. dealing with it references. The if you, if you faces. want some homework, if you want some homework before you read this book, there's an episode uh, of the series that you should probably go mm-hmm. back and watch or is it like a multi-part is it like a couple episodes I think it's just one episode believe it or not even though yeah. it takes I mean it's long it's the it's the episode where uh, Aang visits really I think it's the first time in the series he goes to the spirit world yeah because hey bye hey bye which is a big panda sort of spirit is terrorizing this town mm-hmm. um, it's early in season one maybe a bit around the halfway mark uh, this is back when the bounty hunter is hired to to track down the avatar on her giant taper yeah. or whatever it is, the yeah. giant anteater thing that she has. And, uh, she is, she's on the hunt after the avatar and he meets Ko, the face stealer mm-hmm. and Ko, um, you know, he's told very specifically, I think it's by Roku. Um, don't, you know, don't make any faces yeah. at, you know, don't show any emotion to Ko. Yeah. He'll steal this is face, the, right? you know what? It's the season finale of season one is no the final way. episode of book one. Yep. I'm looking at it right now and it is the final episode of book one that this stuff takes place. That's wild. Uh, that it's, I don't believe that. there's <laughs> no way. You. No. Cause the final episode of season one is when they, he goes to, they're actually at the water yeah. They're at the, and he t- goes into the avatar state. It is not the final episode of Siege of the North. I'm looking at it on the wiki. I don't know. There's no way. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe that. And I, I think that we'll, we'll litigate this off we'll the litigate air. It. We'll litigate this off the air. But this, I don't believe that at all. I have, I'll have hilarious. to do my own research on this. He does, he does end up returning mm-hmm. to the spirit world in that episode because he enters the Avatar state yes. for the first time, I believe. In, mm, in probably at the end of that episode yeah anyways all of this is to say i know this is kind of beating this is more of a lore episode for for avatar if you've if you're an avatar head mm. um but yeah he, he uh essentially there's a lot of cool um intricacies even in the spirit world that appear yeah in this in this like final part there's a big thing that kind of happens this this spirit uh presents themselves yeah to to the um to the avatar and his friends and uh, they they reveal something about Co. Yeah, and themselves and their relationship. Yeah, so. and it's it's also I think useful just to have that style of thing put back in your brain because if anything, too, me being someone who's really been hyper focusing on the everything but spiritual side of this series, um, it's really like the end of part two 
it gets introduced that like, oh, this is going to have like a big spiritual element to it. And you could be caught off guard by that. I, I was slightly, I was like, oh, this is going to be about that. It's intertwined very well. And it doesn't actually feel like any sort of like no, yeah. hanging plot thread. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's out right. of place in any way, but right. it definitely would help to have set up of like these types of, <laughs> these types of things can happen in this world because you might've forgotten uh, how mystical things can get. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, how the spirits can cross between the, the worlds, yeah. right? Because yeah. the spirit realm is kind of like this weird it's own thing. It's like a place that isn't parallel to the normal world. Like, say right. you were in a building, right, when you're meditating to go to the spirit world. Mm -hmm. You don't wind up in a parallel universe building. Like, you're right. not in that same place. You right. know, when Aang meditates and goes to the spirit world, he, he winds up yeah. elsewhere. He winds up, like in a different world yeah, essentially right and so i think that's something interesting to kind of like think about when you're thinking about like well how do they like go in and out of these worlds like there's a giant wolf spirit yes, for instance right that is that is a um a key plot element to to this book yeah um and this giant wolf spirit kind of enters and exits the spirit world and the the actual world yeah. in like these weird ways. So I don't know. I, I, I feel pretty, I still feel so interested by the spirit world. I feel like it is so unexplored yeah, still, is. Yeah. which is funny to say because like Cora we talked about season it quite two, a bit. Yeah, it does. It does. And I actually don't like that type of, I want, yeah. I want more exploration of like, why these spirits exist sure like i love like a good spirit origin episode as long as yeah. it's not the two original spirits that i hate <laughs> i don't really like talking yeah. about them they're just kind of annoying right. um but the but like hey bye has a just really random cool story. yeah the random spirits yeah. not the like the just, spirits of all creation but the ones where it's like right i'm the spirit of uh poking your friend <laughs> ah, in the eye yes. that's my whole yeah. thing yes <laughs> i show up sometimes and i do weird things <laughs> while you sleep i hover above you and watch watch you i like I to watch like, i just like to watch you when your eyes are closed um i the other thing to talk about with this book and this isn't a spoiler but just to say like the other uh, sort of side of what this book is about is a ton of flashbacks of directly the story of zuko's mom um so that that's yes. the big thing is we actually get a ton i mean we really get all of the information uh this, this book all. settles kind of yeah. everything you Crushes probably it. would need to have settled um but it's also like a beautiful little love story thing like it just yeah, feels like a classical love story by the end um it's a it's a very cool tale that i dare not spoil for you but just it, it's delightful to read in its romance and in its tragedy and in, and in, in everything just the whole the whole thing just feels like one of the uh, one of the classic romance stories that could have been written hundreds of years ago it's it has the feeling of a what do you call it like a folk tale yeah it has right. that sort of it has that sort of vibe to it and yeah. it's so interesting that it's so intertwined with this kind of really grounded visceral tale that you're mm -hmm. being told about azula and zuko yeah who by the way are juxtaposed beautifully in this book next to Sokka and katara right right that's like the fun little plot that's really the plot of this book is right. Sokka and katara showing what a healthy brother sister right. relationship looks like right. juxtaposed next to zuko and azula's absolute chaos yeah. of a relationship right um 
you know, and you get a little bit of that too when you go back to the the uh, the Ember Island Beach episode yes. of of Avatar. That's the season three episode, right? Um, you know, you really get kind of the beginnings of Azula's sort of sociopathic nature. She doesn't mm-hmm. care for other people's feelings. Yeah, she's never cared for sometimes other comically feelings. so. Like sometimes it's yeah. it is ridiculous. And in this, book, well, she's a sociopath. Yeah, like right. that's exactly how they and react. You know what's actually kind of nice is that that's not resolved in this. There are other yeah, things that are resolved, it? but there's room. There's plenty of room right. left for more Zuko and Azula storylines that build off of this they settle the mom question but they absolutely don't settle the zuko and azula's relationship question kind of at all if anything i would say it ends fairly abruptly in that regard where it's just like yeah we kind of walk away from it and and we're left to deal with that later essentially yeah i i don't mind the way that we left it i i've always had actually this is kind of a weird thing to say but i've had an i've always had an affinity towards azula because i've always wanted her to be good yeah and i've always thought maybe she could be good you know yeah and it's just it's just hard to to read this book being kind of like it's it's weird to say that i'm kind of an azula fan i like azula may and ty lee in that series because they are a really interesting heel. Yes. They're not necessarily bad all the time. They're right. just a heel mm-hmm. to what the Avatar's plans are. Um, now, Azula ends up and turns up actually being bad. Yeah. But like for a long time in that series, I don't actually get the feeling that Azula is a sociopath. Yeah. Until, yeah. like I said, that episode where they're on the beach and like Zuko's pouring his heart out yeah. and May's pouring her heart out and Tylee is like, having a breakdown and she's just like, yeah, whatever. And yeah. then that's when you get the first realization right. that actually she's Azula's a bad person right. versus she was like for the longest time, it just feels like she's doing her dad's bidding. Yeah. You know, yeah. and she could have she been, could be just as point. sort of tied to family right. obligations as anybody else, but it seems right. more ingrained <laughs> in her. And I mean, if anything too, I, I think maybe one of the, the slight weaknesses is that this book does technically set up like a direct, sequel but it doesn't really uh it doesn't really like point at it and say like this is what the next one could be about but uh it's really jarring because at the end azula just runs off into the shadows yeah and then the next page is like dealing with something else and it's like the book doesn't really tell you like hey don't forget that that azula ran off and is just gone and we'll have to deal with that later essentially Yeah. (laughs) yeah i you know again i think that azula needs to kind of go like I would love a little Azula episode. Yeah. Like I've I, well, I've always thought that she is an interesting character for sure. still. And it leaves room for that, right? This is this is as close to center stage as Azula has ever been. Ever been. And it's true. Good, but it's also she is not one note, but she's somewhat simple. She's she's very she's like been one motivated by this, this one point. thing. Yeah. And the hope would be that after this, now that we've settled this mother question, she can be more the next complex. thing can be yeah. How does she deal with that? And how does that actually change her? Because she got what she wanted. She she learned who her mother was. She learned where her mother went. She learned what she needed to learn. Now what we need to learn as readers is what comes next for her. Yeah, and this one does put too pretty a bow, I think, on the mo- mother's story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I wish there were a few more consequences to what yeah. happened. Right. And she kind of just gets the benefits of everything yeah, a little bit. True. Her mom does. Yeah, there's Even some though, weird like, stuff in there. There's a lot of twists. This is a very Yeah, you're going to have to you have to prepare yourself for say, a lot of twists. There's there's one too many twists, I think. One or one or two too many yeah. like nah, rug pull like Yeah. I, it, the, you you even see some of them coming. Like you you I, I won't spoil yes. any of them, but you get to some and I'll just tell you if you're feeling like something's a lie or that you're being misled by the author yeah. You probably are. <laughs> you are. One. You are. You absolutely are. And yeah, this one did do a lot of that. Wait, like, and there were points. At, I I don't know that there, there were a couple of them where I was like, okay, come yeah, on, like, right? Come on, yeah, like that's yeah. not true. But then there were points where I was like, maybe that is. What true. does this and the mean? Ones, yeah, the ones like it does get you on some of those. Right. Like there are two or three of the twists where it's like, oh, that did actually kind of get me. Yeah. And then there's like two or three that are kind of duds where you're like, yeah, I knew that. Like right. you didn't have to like re-explain. Right. Or like it just wasn't a very good setup really. It does try to, this one does try to do the most, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of like setting up all of these plot points. Right. And honestly, it accomplishes a lot yeah. in this kind of, I mean, in this medium, in this such a short time. For sure. And I wouldn't even say any of these twists fail. I just think it's a no. lot. Like, they do it a lot, right? It's a lot of yeah. the same trick is the only reason it feels weaker in the end. And so, like, the one twist It's left, a lot of explaining its yeah, joke yeah. almost. The, the yeah. one twist left at the end is, like coming in a little bit too late we've resolved all of the other twists and then it's like oh yeah we had one more we we almost like we almost didn't have enough pages (laughs) to deal with it (laughs) but we we went ahead and tied up that loose end right here at the end yeah Um, yeah so it's you know i i don't think it really like hugely hurts the book in any way but um and if anything too it it fits in line more with that what this one is doing compared to the first one which is being a a character tragedy and a character driven little story yeah. right and that's why it has these twists and turns is it's not about anything bigger than itself really it's i mean there are some implications of what's going on it but mostly it is about like four exactly characters what, yeah. <laughs> you know everybody else yeah. is around but this is about like four people yeah it's not about ang katara or Sokka, no. and they're around the whole time yes. it's it feels like they it, it's funny with those three characters any like the last airbender product right this is yeah. why people cling to episodes such as tales from bossing yes. say and the ember island episode where um you know they, they the beach episode mm-hmm. it's because there's no ang Sokka, and katara right like right. they are the staple of the series they are the the folks that you look to where the heck's momo by the way have you seen momo <laughs> no <laughs> not in this one heck? he Wait. was in the first one he was in the first was one because he? yeah momo was around because the uh airbending fan club was obsessed with him for a little bit there was like i remember oh, a few okay. pages I, of them I, being like I, oh, maybe he's man. just around maybe yeah, maybe we just know. haven't noticed him but <laughs> momo is also one that that seems to just find his way into a lot of different stories sure. um but anyways uh i i guess what i'm saying is it's almost like obligatory to keep because the story is in a, in the end about you know those three yeah. in their journey right. right and so it's it's weird sometimes that they have to like yeah, Zuko. This story is about Zuko, but like they ha- it has to also be about like these three yeah, in some they got to be like involved. tertiary capacity. Whenever it's like not really that necessary to include them, it's true. Yeah, but I it is nice that I mean this is this is like the ticket to the best series like this that exists out there. 
that there are so many characters that they've established and you know it's good work by the initial series to like slowly dole those characters out to you and develop each of them independently so then at this point you can have these stories where it's like this Mm -hmm. one's a zuko azula joint we have 11 20 different characters you know that we could make any particular story about and some just get to feature more heavily than others that's like the makings i mean that's why the show works too right is some episodes sure. are just a, a toff and avatar episode some of them are a, are a toff and two characters, a toff and episode. <laughs> like you get if you make enough connections you can have all of the different characters interweave and if anything it's part of just like the writing challenges i'm sure the writer's room is like do we want to do like a do we want to do like a Sokka and Azula episode? What, right. would that, what would that even be? Like, why would we need to like? have that? And exactly. when you have that many characters, you just sort of choose two or three and be like, what would be a reason these three would be the feature of a thing <laughs> and just go from right. there? <laughs> yeah. What's that episode where they're, who are they breaking out of that prison? There's like a two part episode yeah. in the show where they're breaking somebody out of a prison. Is it Toph? Like, are you talking about when Toph discovers metal bending? No, no, or no, no, because that's, she, that's, this is the, like the prison that's like in the middle of a volcano and I can't even remember who they're trying to break out. Oh, but and it's like, like May's uncle is like yeah. the, the warden or whatever. Right. Anyways, I like, but that's like an, ep, uh, uh, an example yeah. of like May and <laughs> X, like <laughs> whatever, like, yeah, like let's throw two we people together and these, see what happens. These characters and see what they yeah, do. Yeah. I think that's, it, it's brilliant that you can have so many interesting characters in that way. Yeah. Right. Like, right. I don't know of another series where I felt so attached mm-hmm. to so many. And, and like this goes all the way down to Azula. Like Azula is probably the least attached I am to any of the main characters besides maybe, you know, obviously Fire Lord Ozai. Yeah. Because who cares about that guy? But, <laughs> but like I'm attached to like, I'm attached to King Boomy. I'm attached yeah. to like all sorts, all like sorts if you, of weird little tertiary characters. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and it's great. Like I'm attached to Jet in his own weird way, you yeah. know, like even though he has a demise, you right. know, like right. uh, in all of his little crew of people, uh, Smellerby and all of them, like they mm-hmm. make an appearance in the promise. Right. So it's like, it's cool that they just like get to, they get to do this. They yep. get to, they've earned, they've, they've earned the payoffs that they that they've gotten yes they write such good characters to the point to now they get to pay it off every single time they write one of these books every single time they write about any of these characters it's just always a payoff because it's just more about that character yeah well i'm very excited because uh as i said earlier without even realizing it and now i've looked it up and i see why you nodded at me uh our next avatar graphic novel is the rift which is very specifically about Avatar Aang as he begins the process of creating yep. Republic so City. I know. I didn't I even know I was say saying something that. To you. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, so oh, I'm, well, I'm, I couldn't be more stoked. Uh, and if anything, it would yeah. be amazing if this is the back and forth. If the graphic novels are always like, here's a super geopolitical one, and that w- that one we didn't get to get is character heavy. So the next one, let's get super character heavy. Let's just investigate a couple characters, uh, and and I would do that back and forth forever. It should be noted too that I think the promise was written pre Cora, mm. and then these two were written as Cora's run was oh, going. Oh, interesting. So, like, just to kind of give you like a like an actual timeline of like what's going on, kind of in the background, you know, of these comics. Yeah. So, like, the rift I think is specifically in response to 
in it, they needed a Republic City origin story yeah. in 2014, and they decided to write one. Interesting. So that's that's where that this is where you can kind of see that a little bit. You don't see it as much because I know the search I think was already like they already had a plan to be like, hey, we need Having to, to do a story about. Right. Well, we need to do a story about Zuko's mom. Yeah. Like, right. we've been promising a story about Zuko's mom, and they set it up at the end of the promise, so that was always the plan. Mm-hmm. And now there's not really a setup. Did you notice that yeah. at the end of the search? Right. There's not really a setup, and so that's why I think the rift, which is where we're going next, yep. is going to be like, okay, let's do some, let's do a little bit of character building towards Korra. Let's that's do this right. little connector episode here. Yeah, it looks um, like Korra, Korra starts... April of 2012 and the first comic was was released January 2012 so that absolutely kind of lines up where even this one was being written you know as Korra's kind of releasing but it's like well Mm -hmm. we set up a whole thing in the first one that was not with Korra in mind at all so you're absolutely right that like we are now in the territory of the writers are very specifically wanting to bridge gaps between the two series, yep. which is exciting. That's, uh, that's, that's all great. I could ask. It's good for. universe building. Yeah. 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 And I also too, I want to, I want to make one last point here, which is we've gotten such a microcosm of Ang's life yes. and all of these characters lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, Ang runs away at like 10, 12 years old at uh, somewhere in there. Um, he's, you know, he gets frozen in ice for a hundred years and now he's going to be building Republic City at 114 years old. <laughs> but so that also means only like 12 or whatever. But he's 14, right? 14, like yeah. that's that's the that's yeah, the number, yeah, right? So he's he's 14 years old, and he's going to be building Republic City, or he's going to be coming up with this idea, you know. And I'm excited to read about how that comes about and all yeah. of that. But it's like there's like another 80 years of this dude's life. Exactly. Like that's that's the crazy part that we have to like reconcile with is that. There is infinite amounts of conf- of content. We yeah. will not in our lifetime cover right. all of the cool things that Aang could have done in his life. Right. Um, especially because they talk about how awesome he is, yeah. you know, like Man. even is the conclusion of all of this when we run out of of this stuff to read. Is that when we just start getting into the RPG finally? Is that when we just like That's dig it. hard? That, well, we gotta have like we gotta have everything, right? Because yeah. there's big lore like dumps. There's big everything. dumps in those RPG books, so those will just be the next like the thing we read yeah. after. Is like, well, I yeah, guess we we're just read gonna read, read this the chunk of the RPG. There's gonna lore. be a spinoff show where we do the RPG. Actually, <laughs> I guess we'll have to. Be us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm super excited. Yeah. I love this universe. I love it it's so much. I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever loved anything like this besides maybe my daughter. So (laughs) there you go. (laughs) 